Hey, Action Shelf listeners, before we jump into the show itself, we want to tell you about how you can get even more action in your life. Mm. <laughs> that appeals to more you. Action, more action, you more say, More action, John. you say, yes. If you go over to our Podbean patron page, that's patron.podbean.com slash punchup, you can listen to Lisman and I watch, what's this? Good action movies. Good action movies, you say? That's right, a change of pace. We thought behind the paywall, let's give people something of quality. So And give us something of quality. I know, it's such know? a pleasure to do that. So twice a month, you and I will be doing commentary tracks that you can download for uh, yes. good action movies, all kinds of awesome mm. stuff from a lot of our heroes like John Woo. And uh, we've done stuff from the John Wick franchise and Sylvester Stallone, mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, all the guys we never get to talk about on here. Yeah, so you, stuff we legitimately love and uh, love to share with with you you all. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can listen to that uh, as as well as other cool exclusive content from the Punch Up Entertainment Network shows. Uh, once again, the address for that is patron.podbean.com/slash/punchup. And now into the action. The action show. Welcome to the Action Shelf. The podcast celebrates the glory of B action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman! It's the beautiful yeah. month of November, uh, and by the that leaves I'm, are falling from the trees. It's, uh, it's finally you rainy. know we just got through the scary month. Mm -hmm. uh, we're we're feeling very thankful for. Well, and we, things, we're, we're spending sure. a whole month, as we talked about last week, being thankful for a certain man. And that man is mm. Chuck Norris. This sure is, is Norris November. And joining mm -hmm. us for this uh, episode of Norris November, uh, he was on last year around the same time to talk about a Chuck Norris classic, Lone Wolf McQuaid. Now he's back mm -hmm. with us, our friend Alex Schaefer. Hello. Thank you for welcome back. Thank you for coming welcome back. back. I, I did think after Abraxas, I might have gotten a call from you just being like, you know what? I, I got to take a break from these. <laughs> <laughs> I or, need a break. Yeah. Or the opposite is it doesn't get worse than Abraxas. So. I don't think it's hard to get worse than that movie. That movie was pretty atrocious. That movie was incredibly atrocious. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Think, pretty I think, hard to watch. I mean, I think like there there's – because we're, we're talking – this week we're talking – um about 1986's firewalker and yes. the thing i'll say about right up front is i do i listen you and I, I we love this uh as soon as that canon logo comes on mm. there is a mm. certain like okay there's a base level of quality it can only get so bad when it's canon I right like. it'll be campy It'll be uh, nonsensical, but it will at There's least be an amount it, of though, fun, right? There's a polish to yeah. it as well. Yeah, yeah. So, as a listener of this 
show, I, I've heard about canon films, mm-hmm. but I don't believe I've ever seen one before watching this movie. Mm. Yeah, and was was Lone Wolf McQuaid not a canon I film? Don't th- Lone I don't think Lone so. Lone Wolf McQuaid was that a little after have, canon? That, no, I think that was like right before canon. I think that was the transitionary okay. period between, because we did Force of One last week, uh, mm-hmm. and I think Lone Wolf McQuaid is like, in there right before he becomes a canon guy, Norris. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, it felt like a canon. It definitely has that feeling ways. of canon. Yeah. And I, I don't think it actually is, though. But I think we may yeah. have said it's a canon movie in the past because it it mm. seems like one. Um, but, yeah, canon films, you know, I mean, the, the, the 1983 was Lone Wolf McQuaid and... No, uh, no. Oh, although, interestingly, produced by a different guy named Yoram, but not Globus. Huh. Uh, yeah, uh, Canon is a uh, uh, studio company that existed in the 80s that made a lot of these types of films. So, like, a lot of Chuck Norris movies, uh, a lot of Death Wish movies. Uh, Bronson, not the first one, but, Bronson, yeah. Norris, Van Damme, Dudikoff, these mm-hmm. were their guys. Uh, lots of ninja movies. They made a lot of cheap schlock and mm-hmm. the thing that the thing that they were very good at, and and this totally applies to this movie, they were great at packaging movies and selling mm-hmm. them to places. Right, the idea yeah. of, here they clearly were like, we've got two known stars, mm-hmm. we're gonna put them in a proven genre, especially at this time. We're five years after Raiders of the Lost Ark at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and and there's a whole bunch of movies coming out like this around the time cuz apparently actually the big thing they used to sell this was the Robert Zemeckis movie Romancing the Stone. Mm. That was what they okay. kept comparing okay. it to because that one is a little bit more comedic uh yeah. than than Indiana Jones. So um and so I'm sure that was the thing. But the way Canon would make movies, we've talked about this before, but they would make a poster they would get a title and an actor, and then they would uh-huh. sell the movie having nothing else. But they would sell yes. it to theaters all over the world. Just going, mm-hmm. so in this case, they'd be like Chuck Norris, Firewalker, and then maybe like a painting of him in an Indiana Jones type outfit. You know, there's something efficient about that because, like, why spend all that time writing a movie? Uh, and preparing to produce a movie if it's not going to get sold. So, like, it's like, well, this idea got sold, so I, I guess mean, the, now we'll come up with what this is supposed to be. We've talked, and actually this is the beginning of trouble for them, is this movie, because we've oh, talked... Oh, really? Yeah, this is, this is one of their first kind of, like, this one didn't make money. Well, this one made money, oh. but it didn't make that much money. And they had to look into their finances at this point, mm. but yeah, they they would they would package stars and titles. Um, th- let me say this is not the beginning of the end by any means, but this was definitely a slip for them. Yeah, um, yeah. But the the, the thing they were always very smart at was spend a little bit of money, make a lot of money. What was ultimately their undoing, and we've already talked about it a little bit, is when they tried to get too big, right? And they started mm-hmm, making mm-hmm. Masters of the Universe and Superman 4 and trying to actually compete at the blockbusters. Because I feel like yeah. this is about as big a blockbuster as you'll get from canon, which does lead me to, I do have the budget for this movie, so we will play our favorite Ooh. game. I'd like both of you to take your best guess as to how much this movie cost circa 1986. 1986, yeah. Ten million dollars. Listen, saying ten. Alex, do you have uh, anything? 
I love the steepled fingers that he's really thinking. With thirty-four million dollars. Thirty-four Ooh. million. That would have been a lot for the time. Uh Lisman, you're pretty close. Eight. Eight million. Eight. Okay. Okay. Eight million. I'm Thir- but slowly getting better at this. Thirty four would probably be accurate for like now. <laughs> That's like a medium yes. budget movie at the time. I did look because I was just curious five years earlier, uh Raiders was was made for eighteen. Oh wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Uh, which would have been a big budget at the time. Once again, yeah. the idea of like a hundred million dollar movie was nonsense, you know, back then. For nineteen eighty six, this did this movie doesn't look terrible, you know. It doesn't like, look it's, terrible. It's, I would say there are places more in comparison to things like Indiana Jones, where you start to see it slip. Yes, and yes. that's things like oh, the well, yes. temple sets and things like that, where you're going. They're just. It, it's not bad. But it's a little bit like the theme park version of the Indiana mm-hmm. Jones set. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. They they filmed in the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland, not in an act. You know, right, like, <laughs> guerrilla filmmaking in uh, Universal Studios. Yeah, it um, does have that where you're going like those rocks aren't super convincing, you know, like stuff. Yeah. Like but you know, yeah. for the most part, like once that when they're outside and so it's all competently made. Which leads yeah. me to, I'm trying to think, is this the first movie we've watched directed by the great J. Lee Thompson? I don't know if it is out. or not. Uh, oh, no, no. We did Murphy's Law, which he made right oh. now. In fact, he made that the same year, Murphy's Law with uh, Charles Bronson. But, um, yeah. you know, J. Lee Thompson was a great filmmaker. Uh, he made classics like Guns of Navarone and Cape Fear. Taurus Bulba, mm-hmm. like uh, of the fifties and sixties, this is this is older him. He kind of became a canon guy, and I definitely mm-hmm. associate with being a Charles Bronson specific guy. They made probably oh, yeah. five or six movies together, um, he including did a, Death Wish Four, which was right after this movie. Yeah, or at least a little bit after this. Death movie. Wish Four, the Crackdown. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean his last three movies all have uh, Death Wish Four, Messenger of Death, and Kinjite forbidden subjects both by the way messenger of death and kinjate forbidden subjects are totally future episodes of this show and that's all canon i mean yeah of course the evil that men do tend to midnight these are all canon movies with um he is kind of an interesting he the reason i think he got this is he had already done king solomon's minds and that's the thing i kept thinking about watching this movie because i don't know if you guys know king solomon minds but that was canon's raiders of the lost ark that was actually like there and they made a sequel called Alan Quartermain and the Lost City of Gold. Richard Chamberlain mm. was Alan Quartermain, who was the canon Indiana Jones. Yeah, okay. and those movies gotcha. were big hits. Um, yeah, so I do think it's interesting that they kind of tried to double dip here, and this one didn't work as well. And I, th- mm. I think I'll say this, and and uh, uh, Alex, I know you and I were a little bit more negative in the uh pre-show before pre-show. yeah listen was like oh it was pretty good and alex and i are like eh, I, don't know. I think a big problem here is and we love him and the month is no- devoted to him i think this uh-huh. is a real awkward chuck norris oh yeah oh yeah i mean i i don't go to in into any chuck norris movie expecting him to blow me away with his uh, acting chops or comedic ability and that the problem know. is this movie's relying a lot more on that than his martial arts they let him do his That's martial true. arts but they want him to be in the indiana jones mold and yeah. he's not a harrison ford he's not a michael douglas no. he's not even a no. richard chamberlain who was alan quartermain for canon who was more suave and dashing you know 
Yeah, yeah, he is not that. No, his but... his his banter to roundhouse kicks ratio was way off. <laughs> and I, I I think therein stems why they're like, ooh, we'll do Indiana Jones with Chuck, but we'll make it a buddy movie so that we we'll put a real actor next to him. Yes. And that the the one of the saving graces of the movie i think is lou gossett jr who he's is so he's great in this movie well, honestly i i really liked him because he's an actual like really good actor <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's a yes. real deal actor and yeah. it shows because chuck who's always a block of wood really mm-hmm. looks like a block of wood next to a guy who's actually knows what he's doing Yes, yes. Uh, Lou Gossett Jr. is a, a, a legendary actor. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, at this time, I'm sure it was probably a get for them. Um, mm-hmm. still, yeah, definitely. Still with us, by the way, Lou Gossett Jr. He was great in the HBO Watchmen show recently. Um, he was in that. Oh, my God. He's the he's oh the, the, the old man, the grandfather. In the, yeah, the grandfather. And he oh, was great. Wow. Yeah, I, that's what I mean. He's, yeah. But, I mean, this guy goes back to Roots, an officer and a gentleman, enemy mine. I mean, he is, like I said, uh, he was the first. Oh, my God. This is going to make you sad now uh, that he's in this. But, I mean, I'm sure he t- took a good payday on this. But he is the first African-American actor to win Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So you know that I mean he's he's got an Academy Award at this point when he's doing yeah. this movie. So the, he's adding a level of legitimacy wow. to fire. Does he actually have? That's actually a good question. Does he actually have the Academy Award at this point? Uh, when was Officer and a Gentleman? Uh, yeah, he won in '82. Okay, yeah. So yeah, he does. And here he is, partner with Chuck Norris. And I was watching this movie thinking. Okay, so they're taking Indiana Jones and they're pairing it with sort of a Lethal Weapon tone. Except Lethal Weapon isn't out yet. It doesn't come out till the mm-hmm. next year. So then I kind of backed up to, I think what they're playing on is Indiana Jones meets Bush Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, that feels right. The, the banter. Because I will say, trying to write down, this movie doesn't have a lot of one-liners. It has a lot yeah. of banter. So yes. much banter. Yes, uh, that is true, and that is where Chuck is woefully miscast. I, I guess, I, I yes, he is woefully miscast. I mean, I like He's Chuck. Not... It I, once again, I like the guy, so it's yeah, watchable. Yeah, yeah, but it is like it's... it. It's it's more like oh, don't ask him to do this. More so than I'm <laughs> blaming him. I mean, There's something. Oh go, oh, go ahead, Alex. Oh no, no, go go for it. I was just going to say, there is something nice about the script having, like, characters with character traits. I know that's, like, maybe (laughs) the saddest, lowest bar that anyone has ever said about a movie. Mm -hmm. But compared to the movies we watch on a regular basis, they're actually giving care, like, the the actors something to go for the, yes. you know even if chuck you know fails to uh, I mean, I, I, to live up to that but because uh, they're I do, giving him something because i do think chuck is, is doing best. his best i think this is the best oh, yeah. he can do yes yes what were you gonna say Alex? Um, yeah um i was gonna say Compared to Lone Wolf McQuaid, he does actually show some emotion in this. So mm-hmm. I, I wanted to give him just a 
some some credit, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I, I don't want to bag on him too much. Know, it's just, it's, it's an awkward fit in the part. More so, yes. I do kind of like seeing him be more lighthearted, mm-hmm. like have yeah. fun. It's just, yeah. it's so it, like him trying to carry this uh, <laughs> is tough. And also, he and Melody Anderson have no chemistry whatsoever. Very true. Done. Very true. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. her, she's coming. Well, she's it's been a few years now, but uh, uh, I'm a big fan of the movie Flash Gordon, and she was the lead in that. Um, mm. That's probably what she's most famous for. But I, I will say, I mean, mm-hmm. she's fine. She's deaf. And this part and her both are sort of these stock 80s female lead. You know, Pretty much. I mean, they made her a little bit weirder than most uh f- 80s female leads but um yeah yeah i mean it's it's pretty pretty much in in that vein for sure definitely yeah yeah so yeah. uh so you have all that but i do think this is i mean i listen where you and i come at these movies we do this every week hmm. uh this is definitely a movie like there's a real yes. director there's some money so I think, especially coming off of, we just did a Force of One last week with Chuck Norris to kick Boy. off this month. This is a yeah. huge step up from that. Even just like the basic concept of pacing, you know, it, the story in this movie moves at a general pace that can be tracked. You know, if you, if there's like a chart of the the ebb and flow and the rising action of this movie, think- it's shaped like you want it to be for a story for a movie I, you know i will as opposed to like various scenes that just kind of meander and putter about and then I, apparently the end happens you're like i guess this movie's over now all right well that's weird i i uh, uh that- i do kind of agree though with I, I read some of the reviews from the time and this movie was slammed by critics absolutely <laughs> decimated by the critics of the time but i i just want yeah. to read the first couple sentences of roger ebert's review because mm-hmm. I, I do agree with him. I don't think it's as detrimental as he's making it out to be. But I do mm. agree with this general sentiment. And here he says, "Okay, where to start with this movie? Where, <laughs> where to end? Even more to the point, in which order to show the reels? Firewalker is a freeform anthology of familiar images from the works of Steven Spielberg, subjected to a new process we could call discolorization. All of the style and magic are gone, leaving only the booby-trapped temples, the steaming jungle, and such lines as, if I remember correctly, which woman, harlot, I've been called them all. Yep. I mean, I think I think that he's is... right about that. I think, but I think that actually kind of works to your point, Lisman. Is it is more of a movie and more of a story only because yeah. it's not attempting to do anything new, anything no. like clever, or it is just oh, going. God, no. It is, and I was thinking, it doesn't have so much of a plot as a series of events that are yes. all based around, we understand the basic, we understand what a treasure hunt movie looks like, basically. Exactly, yes. They took the beats that yeah. already existed in pre-existing but content it, and just... Yeah, it. I agree, though, because I was thinking... Copied that, and pasted. Because I go, oh, this is reasonably entertaining and watchable, but it, yeah. it is Indiana Jones zapped of all character and charm. Like, right. like anything that yes. takes it to that next level. Yes. Yeah. And maybe and maybe my positivity towards the movie is in reaction to the last two movies we've watched for this podcast, where it's just like 
boy, those were slogs. Those were fire or no, uh, Devil's uh Revenge, Force of One and Devil's Revenge. Devil's Revenge. Yeah. And we yeah. had just we had the shark movie before that. I mean, I don't even remember Shark Lake, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and read, listen to the episode because I, I will say I, I think struggle I was, to I think, remember the details. I think of I was telling movie. you that I was going back and listening to some of our very first episodes and going, I don't remember some of these movies. at yeah. all. <laughs> so, uh, Alex, what's your general? So you're coming in a little bit fresher than us. What are your general mm. feelings about Firewalker? Yeah. Um, like construction-wise, like it is, it, it it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like it's 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 kind of just action set piece to action set piece to action set piece to yeah. It, the awkward mo- romantic scene to yeah. action set piece. It, it's like I mean, I said it's borrowing you know, this very simple. We've got to find the treasure before the bad guys. In terms of like plot, that's about yes. as simple as you get. Yes, yes. It doesn't have ambition for much more than that, honestly. Um, no, it it kind of it kind of just like cribs off better art and yeah, then mm-hmm. uses very stereotypical caricatures of people and you're getting into um, the stuff that definitely rubbed me the wrong way which is any attempt which i think the indiana jones movies do very well because george mm -hmm. lucas like is interested and researches cultures and things like that and wants to actually talk about real artifacts this is totally just like uh uh two american or three americans go looking for some foreign shit Yes, very yes. much so. Yeah, and it, it's several uh, different ancient societies all pooled together. <laughs> that's which, yeah, which is that's what very got me. funny. That really got me. <laughs> They're like, I don't know. It's it's Mayan. It's Inca. It's whatever. It's who cares? It's a Native American Apache in some places, and you're like, wait a right? minute. Yeah, it's just kind of a hodgepodge. They. Because again, like they, the makers at, at Canon, they don't care about those details. That doesn't matter. What matters is that oh, these are familiar terms that you've heard in other movies like that. Mm-hmm. So maybe you, you, you won't notice that it's stupid the more you look at it. You know? Yeah. Um, um, and so I watched this one with the subtitles on because as you should, you know, sound quality is not great always. And um, at least on Amazon, it showed if they were speaking Arabic or if they were speaking (laughs) Spanish. (laughs) But when the Asian character was speaking, it said speaking foreign language. Yeah, Yeah, well, let's let's not also forget (laughs) this this weird runner of their arch nemesis who's like a Chinese general or something. It's not clear, but his (laughs) but he has an army of of like arabic people for some reason yeah uh, and a yeah. golf cart that is the most stereotypically chinese golf cart i've ever seen did you recognize uh, this this actor listman richard lee song yes yes i think uh, i'm assuming you recognize him from the same place i did probably wasn't he he was in an episode of mash right he's in 11 episodes of mash oh okay <laughs> yeah that's, yeah yeah that's that's immediately now 
it's unfortunate. I believe he plays 11 different characters because he was just sort of yes. used as general, you know, Asian guy who would come on the show. I, I will oh, say boy. this about MASH, though. Also, that happened a lot for everybody, including, like, all the side characters. Like, they would bring back... In, in fact, Kurt, the guy who came, uh, came on to play Colonel Potter... Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. ...was a different general... Yeah. was a different character earlier in the show and they just brought him back because they liked him um, yeah it's it's weird harry morgan yeah yeah is is in yeah harry episode. morgan that's his name yeah yeah and then he comes back as colonel potter later um yeah it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's it is weird uh yeah and that that's that's i mean that that was tv back then that was a thing you yeah. would because they they didn't really think anyone was paying attention but nobody yeah. cared yeah what, this weird thing in this movie though where i i i like that in concept because that's how the movie opens in concept but that'll take us yeah. right to the opening of the movie i like in concept because mm-hmm. i do like movies that imply characters that have lives right so there's this idea yes. that this stems from some other thing Adventure. that they ran afoul of this guy Mm-hmm. And the movie even starts in this James Bondian kind of style where we are seeing mm-hmm. the end of a mission that's that started before the movie. Mm-hmm. And actually, I thought this is one of the best parts of the movie is this desert chase. This is pretty good, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah, and they're like weird little dune buggies or, or whatever. Well, because um, the one thing, Canon did shell out money for action. They knew that was sure. what their audience was looking for, so they would go do a big car chase, do big explosions, mm-hmm. you know, and that's one of the mm-hmm. reasons we like Canon. I will say, though, about the pacing of this one, the only note about this movie, hour 45 could have got it down to 90 minutes and been better. I think. It could have been trimmed down. Oh, yeah, for it doesn't, sure. It doesn't definitely drag as much as some. Yeah. We've seen 80-minute yeah. movies that feel slower than this, but I will say yes. it was. A, there were a couple points where I'm like, this could just be tightened up a little bit and I would have yeah, a better... Yeah, if they just opinion. cut out all the romantic scenes, you know? Dude, they should have seen that. That shit would... didn't work at all. At all. That nope. doesn't work. Um, nope. No, I, I, she had more chemistry with Lou Gossett Jr. Yes. They should have That's what that Maggie route. and I kept saying. It's like, those two are the ones who are in love, honestly. I don't uh, even think I need to get into why they didn't go down that route. <laughs> this is... Yeah, unfortunately, can't, can't the 80s why. is still that era. Like, Literally, there are movies in the 90s where they wouldn't let Denzel kiss the white female lead, which is yep. crazy oh, yeah. to think about. But there are literally that is crazy. Where they would that go, late. you know, some parts of the country aren't going to like that, so let's just not. <laughs> some parts of the country are terrible, so yeah. let's, you know, let's kowtow to them specifically. Where it's like, yeah, they're uh, fine with Denzel kicking ass, but if he kisses Julia Roberts, they're going to flip shit. Like, you know, like, wait a minute now. Uh, so anyway, yeah, no, we, we start with this desert dune buggy chase, which is pretty good, mm-hmm. and it establishes our lead characters, which are Chuck mm. Norris is Max Donegan, and Lou Gossett Jr. Sure. is Leo Porter. Now, Max Donegan, I remember, because they keep saying Max Donegan in the movie. That's true. Yeah. Leo comes I mean, up a lot, but these two, we immediately mm. are established with these two never stop bickering. <laughs> They're like an old married couple. Yeah. Yeah. Which which I don't mind as somebody who loves a buddy cop thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a little, like I said, and Chuck is okay with it's some okay. of this stuff, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have the same pace as a Mel Gibson or a Danny Glover or a Robert Redford and a Paul Newman, where of course, yeah. it does feel a little bit like, 
And I tried, I looked through all the trivia and I was trying to go, was this developed for somebody else? Because they just kept saying in the trivia, this was a change of pace for Chuck and that he didn't play a stoic hero. He's, you know, a -hmm. wisecracker. Um, But I couldn't. I don't know about that. (laughs) On paper, he's supposed to be cracking. Yeah. Let's say that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Max Dying, it was not your typical Chuck Norris character he played in the past. His, His character is much lighter with a sense of humor. And you're like, uh-huh. Now, here's an interesting connection to uh, uh, another show on our um, one of our patron shows. Uh, Chuck Norris's trainer on this movie was the Incredible Hulk himself, Lou Ferrigno. Oh, gotcha. Who I actually thought, why wasn't he in the movie? Uh, Great question, Because yeah. he was doing the Hercules movies with canon at this point, so... Oh, okay, gotcha. We, so yeah, there's that canon connection. Future episode. That's that is on the oh, calendar. Yeah. We are going to do the the Lou Ferrigno Hercules. Uh, he play he plays Hercules. He sure does. The... He sure does. Oh, he boy. made a couple of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, oh, the reaction of oh boy is probably right. Yeah. In my yeah. memory, they are not good, but I haven't seen them in a long mm. time. Uh, and so this ends with them crashing into the water out here in the desert and the joke being only you could crash into the only water that out here in the desert you know <laughs> and let me ask this is chuck ever without that cigar in this movie very rarely yeah yeah very, very that, rarely that, does he not have that it. seems to be his acting choice here <laughs> mm-hmm it's mm-hmm. just like, it's like well, I can't act without a cigar, guys. Yeah. That's put a cigar. It's my that's, main thing. That's the character. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So they crash, and Ebert mentions this in his review, and I thought the same thing. So they are captured by this Chinese general or whatever warlord or something. He's in like a general's uniform, but yeah, I think he's meant to be. I it like like you say, listen, you're right. It doesn't matter to it's this movie. Uh, nobody could care. Um, but, uh, yeah. uh, and they're tied to stakes in the sand, but <laughs> as so Ebert pointed out, out <laughs> as, yeah, as Ebert pointed out, it's like, couldn't they just lift <laughs> the, the, their arms and be out of Like it wouldn't, I don't, but instead it's hmm. much more elaborate because <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same, I was watching it going like, wait a minute, that, that wouldn't. There's, those wouldn't be grounded yep. at all. Nope. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's one of the dumber. Nobody thought. Well, it, again, it's not that nobody thought. It's just nobody cares enough to be like. It's a canon movie. It's just about, are we making the day, man? We shot the pages yeah. they gave us. Yeah, so this is our I, location. Yeah. I have to admit. I saw it, and I thought, you know, they didn't really tie them up very tight. <laughs> and never once did it occur to me, oh, nope. they're just in sand. <laughs> My wife and I both watched this together, and neither of us got on to like, wait, no, there's there's nothing holding them down. No. But also, they don't, <laughs> all, but you guys are also right, they didn't look like they tied them very tight either. <laughs> all of this. Is, nope. the, is easily escapable, it's but of all course, bad. but of course, that has nothing to do. Actually, I would have thought I would have given the movie big points if they if the guy had driven off and they just stood up and were like, 
I don't know what he was. Yeah, he's an idiot, you know, whatever. Like, well, he had to use the Perrier to get out because Boy. I'm sure they were a corporate sponsor oh my of the God. movie. God, Cannon never turned down money in their life. <laughs> I mean, that label was so front and center. It, it they so had prominent. to have gotten the back. You get the sense that they were doing like takes going. Could you no? Hang on. Can we move it? Uh, can we turn it a little bit more into camera? There we go. We want to clearly mm, see each. A PA, letter. Yeah, yeah, is rotating the bottle, so no matter what angle the shot is from, it you see the label. Because yeah, what happens yeah. is this guy, uh, who by the way is only credited as Chinese man, he's never given a name in the movie. Um, seems like he should. Shouldn't That's it about be right. like? Oh no, it's General Tong or something like that, or any literally anything would have been better than. He's just Anything. mysterious Chinese man. Uh, but, yeah, he, he puts a bottle of Perrier in Chuck Norris's hand, meant to be the ultimate torture, that you had water, but you cannot drink. But instead, Chuck sure. crushes it in his hand, then uses the broken glass to cut them free of the ropes. As we're saying, not uh, more effort than was needed. And as Lou Gossett Jr. Mm. points out when they're walking out of the desert you've now destroyed the only water we had. My favorite bit from the sequence is the, the like uh, the long shot of them, like of Chuck Norris cutting himself and then Lou Gossett Jr. out. Mm -hmm. You can see that Lou Gossett Jr.'s leg moves before he's supposed to be cut out. And so Chuck goes to cut it, sees that it's already, he's already moved it. And he's like, all right, well, <laughs> and, and then they just kind of walk off, which is very funny. And, uh, our our buddies Golden and Globe as the heads of Canon were like, no, no, no more money for another take. No, we got it. That's good enough. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> that, are. Uh, yeah, that's uh, in the movie. Yeah, exactly. It's good stuff. Yeah. So they they go out of there, and then there's no explanation as to how they get out of the desert. Just cuts to them back in their favorite bar. They're fine. Well, they talk about how he wishes. Or he's like dreaming of a beer from there or something like that. Like that. Yeah. And then it just cuts to there in there. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we don't have time, John. Uh, the plot has to start at some point. And I just love the, just how much they're jamming into this scene because it's Lou Gossett Jr. going, man, I've had enough of this adventure. We keep almost getting killed out there. I think it's time we pack it in. Uh, and of course, at that exact moment, Melody Anderson's character, whose name is—does anyone remember? Say? Patricia. What? Boy, that doesn't even sound familiar. Um, nope. She comes in with the offer, and I'm just going, "My God!" They had to so quickly set up one last job, and then immediately get that job. Yep. <laughs> there's no time, John. No, there's the, this movie is just like we. Because it, it, I mean, I will say, Canon knew their audience, which is they're going like these people don't have patience. They don't want to sit around. They want to get right to the action. I mean, this is the same company that cut out all of the story <laughs> from Invasion USA. Lest we like, forget every single bit of story. So it's that movie is literally just a series of action sequences mm -hmm. that I guess are loosely tied together, but. But barely. And one of their biggest hits. <laughs> yeah. Talk about them knowing their audience. Yeah. That movie was huge for them. And where they yeah. were just like, great, no character, no plot, only use nope. the action scenes. Mm-hmm, yes. And people went, yeah, this is one of their best. 
<laughs> we, do, I mean, to be fair, we do love that movie on this show. That movie it was pretty is, great. That movie is entertaining as hell. Um, yeah. so she shows up, and now she has a map to somewhere. Somewhere. Mm-hmm. somewhere. They, somewhere. Do they ever say that. where? I mean, I know they filmed it in Mexico, but do they ever say where they are? So the bar is in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. And she says it's somewhere down south near the border. Okay. And then they, but that, yeah, then eventually they'll end up in San Miguel is mm-hmm. where, but that's not this map. That's when that they find that later once mm. they're in the cave and they find that painting. Right. I think that's right. what leads them to then find on the map. Boy, course, I'm not remembering any of I this. I mean, it, well, because it's, it's a total <laughs> fetch quest movie, right? Where it is like, yes, our map leads up to a place that will give us another map that will lead us to a guy who will tell us where a thing is. And then when, once there, I mean, we'll find you know, the treasure, you know. I, I've, I've played every Uncharted game. I know how it goes. You know, it's it's often There's nothing very convoluted. wrong with that structure. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that structure. My, my thing here is, once again, kind of like the lack of the charm and creativity there's just a lack of any of this treasure having any significance to anything that's true because they're so vague about its origin that yeah. uh because it, they don't care it's i don't know it's it's gold it's just yeah. a, it's a bunch of gold from somewhere yeah, it doesn't mean anything to anyone yeah. it's not you know indiana jones is always looking for some sort of relic that has a mythical story behind it. And the movie is Yes, like a with, pre-existing relic. Yeah, well, everything sort, in yeah. Indiana Jones is based around a real concept, at least uh, uh, yes. in, in, in some sort of folktale, at least, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Uncharted games are, are very similar to that. Yeah, as well. and, 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 and Real Treasure, or even something like National Treasure is based in U.S. Mm-hmm. history uh, and uses mm-hmm. that sort of as a map and stuff like that. You know, usually there's that. Here, it's like I said, it's like, like we're saying, it's like it's Aztec, Mayan, Native American, kind okay. of. The, like I think the. Conquistadors. There's yeah, Conquistadors. And that's just a one off. I think that IMDb really... listed also Egyptian gold, but I. That oh, that could be, man. Happen. I don't know. I Yeah. And, the, and then Amazon Prime, the, uh, the summary of the movie, said that it was a gold mine that they were finding. No, it's which not, is completely inaccurate. It's not a mine. Uh, no, no. It, I don't know what it is exactly. Because it, yeah, I think even <laughs> even having watched the movie, I'm going. I don't exactly know whose gold it is, or why it's here, or why there are secrets that lead to it. Because yeah, yeah where they're know. gonna they're gonna go with um with Melody Anderson to mm-hmm. to check out this map. Yes. Uh, well, first, but she says the only problem is the treasure is also sought or protected by a cyclops, which will just end up being a guy with an eye patch. A red with cyclops, maybe. Oof, Ooh, boy. Being a Native American guy. Uh-huh. Yeesh. With, with maybe with the, the worst eye, eye patch I've ever seen. And in did a movie. you guys know that it kept switching eyes? I did. Yeah. But but not only not only racist, also ableist. It was quite the twofer there. Yeah. Boy oh boy. Boy oh boy. Poor oh, yeah. um poor uh this is Sonny Landum is this actor 
who plays the villain. Yeah, of... he was in Predator, right? He was in the first Predator. He sure movie. was in the first Predator. He plays yeah. Billy. He's also in The Warriors and 48 Hours. I mean, he's a good actor. And, uh, boy, he's he's uh, he's doing the best he can here. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, he, he plays El Coyote, who's our villain. And um, did he make much yes. of an impression on anybody? Nope. No, he's he says quiet. very little. Uh, he has no character traits other than being evil. And you he, know, his so. motivation is he wants. This is the closest thing the movie gets to having like a folk tale or mythos, which is the spirit of the Firewalker. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't fully, but here's the thing: he wants the spirit of the Firewalker that will give him powers. I think. Yeah. What are those powers? And if he gets them, what will he do then? The only thing we hear about the Firewalker is that his soul could go to the sun. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was called the Firewalker. And that if that guy was to get and that that's it. Yeah. If that guy was to get that power, he would what? go to the sun. Send his soul to the sun? And that would be bad because step three dot 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 step four well, profit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because then they wouldn't get know. then they wouldn't get the gold, I guess. But but that's sort of thing too, where I go like, do I want them to get the gold? I don't know who these guys are really. <laughs> and I, you know, are, are, I mean, that's the other thing. Are these are 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 our main characters? Are these good guys? I mean, they are well, stealing kind of... indigenous. Uh... <laughs> Yeah. artifacts so you know <laughs> i mean they're they meant... were gonna donate 20 percent to the <laughs> oh good well then, then yeah it's fine. yeah it's not <laughs> super it, good and cool it doesn't they don't they just don't have the same drive like the other adventure characters we're talking about indiana jones or nathan drake right because nathan drake is also mm-hmm. doing that but there is like he's got a family connection to some of it and there's a history to it. And some of that mm-hmm. is also just the puzzle of finding it. Yeah, but it's, yeah. Not, it's not, this belongs in a museum. It's, I want a boat off the shore of Mexico. <laughs> like, right. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, there's no, there's, there, well, th- that's the other thing. None of these characters have any respect for what they're doing. Like, there's no, like, uh, hey, nope. this is someone's nope. history. But also, as we're talking about, the movie doesn't even care that it's someone's history. So why should they, I guess? Nope. Because El Coyote, yeah, yeah. I don't think, has any more claim to it than they do, because I don't really know what his heritage is exactly, nor do we really understand the origins of the gold. So we have a bunch of people just running around looking for gold. Well, he doesn't even care about the gold. He mm-hmm. just wants to be the firewalker for unknown reasons. So then, yeah. why is he trying to kill them? Like, what? Well, he needs what? to sacrifice one of them yeah. so that he can. That's yeah. That's the only thing that becomes like okay. He needs to be stopped at the why end. Why does it have only... to be one of them? Oh, yeah. does it have to be Patricia? For some reason, that... he he's got a real murder boner for Patricia. Yeah, I don't know if he okay. actually explains that there's any reason for why it is her specifically. Um, I figured it was because she she had premonitions. She she had Oh my god, that's right. She Did has she? powers. She mentions that yes. she has dreams of things that will happen. Yes. I and so that. she wanted to find the treasure to so that she could prove that she's not crazy. 
uh, to herself. <laughs> what great motivation, I yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, weird, but yeah, it's a weird thing. I don't, yeah, I just, the whole thing is so ill-defined. And the movie also mm-hmm. clearly is also going, don't think about it. Just enjoy yes. the action. Please you know, don't. Think they about really it. don't want anyone to dig into. It. Yeah, please. Just no. Chuck's gonna kick some guys now. Is that good? Because even here in this in the scene in the bar where she's telling them all this stuff about the map, it's pretty quickly interrupted by assassins with crossbows. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> right away. And who are these guys exactly? I think they work for El Coyote. El- I don't Coyote, remember seeing yeah. them again. We don't um, see them again. Or, no, we see them in the first cave, right? This guy. This guy, yeah. Yeah, that's so. yeah. Uh Because they... It, it, let's see here. They're... This guy does get killed in that first cave, doesn't he? Oh, is this I the guy so. they shoot in the first cave? With this... Uh, this ter- no, this is the guy that Chuck throws a knife into, I oh, think. Oh, yes, we do that. because, Well, because the whole bit in this movie is Chuck is a bad shot. He mm-hmm. can't shoot his gun to save his life. Which I I guess is fun. Like to the point where he gives his partner his gun to yeah. kill a Aztec warrior? Yeah, that scene. Okay, so let's get to so they get to this cave, right? They end right, up yeah, hiking to this cave. I mean that's fine. Yeah, I know. I think we'll get we'll get to it right right now. Because they basically go from the bar to this cave. Lots more bickering and bantering and going, I can't believe there's so much. I can't believe we're climbing a mountain. Oh, there better be treasure in there. Otherwise, I'm going to be so mad. You know, it's just nonstop with this stuff. And Lou Gossett Jr. is doing anything to try to make this movie entertaining, mm. right? He is acting his hard. Yeah, um, he sure is. So they find ca- this cave and they're kind of trying to do indiana jones-esque scares with the skeletons and skulls in here right didn't work well no because once again this is where this feels very much like a set it doesn't really feel like we're entering a cave it is like it feels very much like a legend of the hidden Mm. temple it that's yes dead on that's exactly what it is it is the it is the game (laughs) show version of a temple set yeah, uh, that exactly. does have that vibe where it's just like once again it looks a little plastery. It looks like you're going mm-hmm. like oh, everything is fine, but you're just like this is that's the whole movie kind of felt like this to me where I'm going like there's mm-hmm. nothing inherently wrong here, but there's really nothing to make this of much quality either. It just kind of mm-hmm. hums along pleasantly enough, and then you're like huh yes, well that was kind of nothing. Um, yeah. But it's serviceable in a way. So, yeah. So, they, yeah. they go through here. Uh, they find the Conquistador helmet. The Conquistador thing almost doesn't matter. No, it's not mentioned after this point, as far as I know. Nope. No, they find oh, this yeah. helmet and they go, oh, man, there were Conquistadors here. And and you've got... Here's the other thing, too, about it. Lou Gossett Jr. seems to know a little bit about archaeology. Because he's the mm-hmm. one who's like... But they don't lean into it at all. That's 16th century Conquistador. Because Chuck Norris knows mm-hmm. nothing, he is just I mean, this he, dumb guy. Yes, he's just a he's just. I think he's supposed to be a himbo. I think kind of yeah, <laughs> and, but and, well, and they're doing a thing that uh, Lisman and I last month we did a commentary track for the Mummy, and I think mm. they're trying to do something that movie successfully does, 
which is have an action hero. And I, I think they're borrowing a little bit from Indiana Jones too, right? A fallible action mm-hmm. hero. Hence, he has a gun, but he's not very good with it. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But it's just, yeah. it doesn't quite, once again, I think it's just a weird use of Chuck. Yeah, and they don't give, I feel like they don't give Lou Gossett Jr. enough to do in mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, like, his knowledge should be more important for figuring out where to go and Make what to do. Make him really the the smart guy of the two who knows Yeah, stuff. the brains of the two, yeah, for sure. Well, because, I, um, I mean, in some ways, maybe ditch the female character at all or totally change her or something because she takes away a lot of that as the person who just has... And it's also a convenient story thing, right? That she has visions, mm-hmm. so she can just go. Yes. I dreamed yes. that this would happen, and then you're like, exactly. Great, I don't know. Okay. Um, yeah, because she'll use that later when they're trying to kill Chuck. She ends up saving him because she dreams that he's going to be murdered. Right. I was really hoping she would turn out to be evil. <laughs> that I don't know why. I that seems unlikely in a canon movie, but that would have been an interesting route to go down. Too interesting yeah. for this movie. Um, so this is where Chuck finds the the gold dagger, mm. which the is very, the, very good prop that is this gold dagger. This mm. very high quality prop. It really looks like solid gold, doesn't it? Not just uh, a plastic mm-hmm. knife painted gold. I mean, all the gold in this movie looks very realistic. Very, very. Real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when they find the hoard at the end, oh. it's it's laughably bad. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing where it's just like that is those are the corners that get cut by canon. I feel like where it's like mm-hmm. put the yes. money into the car chase. How about these gold props? Eh, we could skimp on that. <laughs> they know they know where the once again they know what their audience wants. Deliver the goods yeah. over there. They're not going to complain that this knife looks terrible. <laughs> but of course, once again, almost as soon as they find this knife, they are attacked. Yes. By yeah, as you mentioned, Alex. An Aztec warrior? Where now? Where this well, is is unclear. There's also mm. once they pick up the knife, there's some interesting things going on, right? Like, doesn't the skull the knife is hidden in? Like the eyes glow. That's how he when he picks that, up the skull, the eyes are glowing, mm-hmm. and that's how it, he knows the knife is inside. Well, he he drops it because he's scared by the glowing eyes. But then the glowing was just the hilt of the the dagger. Because so, it's um, a, it's an all gold dagger that's got stuff carved mm-hmm. into the handle, and then like a red ruby or jewel of some kind on the top of it. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah I think that I don't think the eyes were the eyes were glowing because light was reflecting off of the. Which is also weird though, because what light from where in this cave? Died. Okay, I, I wasn't sure if it, they were trying to allude to some sort of like mystical i thought that at first too and like that that makes more sense than once again what it actually is because i don't know where any of this light is coming from oh i assumed the 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 ruby in the dagger was magically glowing oh okay yeah yeah that makes that's what i assumed so not the skull was glowing but the dagger but it never glows again i thought it does does it later think so i could be misremembering the magic well because they're so vague about the dagger but the dagger is used in the ritual they they don't want to they don't want to commit fully to the supernatural once again like indiana jones so it's all like this 
yeah, I wish the movie had just gone either picked a lane, either be straight treasure hunt or gone more into the mystical. Because even the Firewalker mm-hmm. thing, I guess the guy has to have some powers because he gets shot like in the heart and survives at one point. Mm-hmm. Straight yes. in the sternum. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was a kill shot, right? Like, for, there's no way oh, to yeah. survive. And, and a terrible, terrible prosthetic gun wound. Oh, so oh. bad. It and looked it like he had a butthole in his chest. <laughs> it was just a silly, funny butthole right in the center. Of well, I will say one of the interesting things about this movie, and, and rare for canon, this is a PG film. And I think that wound may have something to do with that because they couldn't make it gory. So they tried to just make it like a hole in his chest. But then it it, it just, it, yeah, it did it did read as, as, as a chest butthole, which is... <laughs> I mean, which is a, a terrible thing to live with, obviously. But uh, yeah. you know, uh, I yeah, he, he's got I his live, own issues. With I live a and... difficult life. Um, <laughs> please don't judge me. Um, so, they, <laughs> so they uh, uh, let's see the um... oh yeah yeah well, so... yeah. So the so these Aztec warriors show up in regalia, like yeah ancient aztec regalia so we're led to believe again, there where, is an ancient aztec society where still is functional. this cave we were in arizona at the bar i don't know where this cave uh-huh. is in relation to that well i'm assuming in mexico somewhere, it's somewhere be in south Me- near the border is all we <laughs> yeah got. somewhere so- yeah that's about as much as this movie wants to do we don't get that indiana jones map where we're actually being clear mm-hmm. about going from place to place here it's like i don't know it's like over there somewhere Mm-hmm. It's still yeah, better the than the more vague you are, the less work you have to it's do. It's still better than world. Devil's right. Revenge, the previous movie we did, where the treasure was yes. just down the street, basically. Yep. Yeah. It was an hour drive to the cave that had the treasure or whatever. Yes. Um, in uh, yeah, Alabama or something. Or, uh, yeah, Kentucky, I, I want to say. It was somewhere in the Kent- Oh, it was Kentucky. Yeah. 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 But then where they shot for tax reasons and also where William Shatner mm-hmm. had his farm where they shot. Mm-hmm. So, uh,. <laughs> I'll be in your movie, but I am not leaving my house. Uh, so uh, she she gets grabbed. I have by somebody. Mm-hmm. They're shooting the the Aztec people are shooting arrows at them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chuck does throw a knife into one guy, but then he's terrible with a gun, which is interesting. And then yeah, it leads he's to he's fine with knives. Knives it, are his yeah. thing. Uh, well, because there is a thing when he shoots at the guy. And he keeps missing. And the guy is, like, right in front of him. It's very silly how bad he is with the gun. Yes. Yeah, uh, it's like, definitely supposed to be a punchline. Yeah, because then when he hands it to Lou Gossett Jr., he shoots the guy very quickly. Yeah. Um, But then we get this scene where he confronts the guy out on the cliff. And he's like, let the girl go. And then the guy just leaps off the cliff. Yes. Well, the knife glows when he's, he's holding That's the knife. That's where it is. He sees that he has the knife. And the guy's like, ah. And Chuck's like, well, geez, I didn't tell him to do that. <laughs> like, I, just I did like laugh that. pretty hard at that moment, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. It was It was silly. pretty funny when that guy just turns and jumps out of no, like. Uh, mm-hmm. And he shouted, Midsummer as he did it. Did think Very that strange. was weird. Very weird choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought yeah. I heard Fargo, and then he went into a wood chipper. But uh, mm, Fargo. Yeah, there's a big wood chipper at the bottom of the cliff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I didn't even see that wood chipper down there. Um <laughs> Oh, it's a Staples parking lot. Uh, That's strange. That is weird. But it is, I I do like Chuck immediately going like, 
Well, it's not my fault that guy jumped. He did that of his own accord. <laughs> Don't blame me for the suicide, Lou. I know where you're yeah. going with this. Uh, so he jumps off cliff. Let's see. Mm-hmm. So some I, how do they know to this is where i couldn't figure out they they somehow end up going to this old apache guy and how did they yes. get this lead um, one of them knew the guy right yeah and i will say this somebody tells him about tall eagle what was yeah how did they find out about him oh it was uh... the um they they had a guide before they had a, a, a Hispanic guy as right. a guide. Right. Yes, a tell- nameless guide. Yes. And yeah. Is he the one who tells them, well, I'll tell you the guy who could uh, figure this out. It's Tall Eagle. Yeah. And this is sad because this is Will Sampson, who was uh, uh, an extremely good actor in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Outlawed Josie mm. Wales uh, and a bunch of stuff. Uh, really well thought of Native American actor. And... Uh, I mean, he's doing a fine job, but boy, this part, man, is just, I am mystical Native American man. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of... Who's watching I Love Lucy? That actually, that was the best, that was the best part of his whole sequence. Because I do Mm -hmm. like him going, well, geez, I would just leave her if she kept acting like this. (laughs) Right, (laughs) exactly. Which is Um, such a that's a legitimately funny reaction to I Love Lucy, is Desi should just pack up and leave. It's pretty uh, funny, yeah. But uh, oh fuck, what was I saying? Oh, uh, you said it reminds uh, you of who this character reminds you of? Oh yeah, yeah. So the the Native American character in, in Parks and Rec. I'm trying to remember that. Oh that guy's my name. god, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that guy. So so the idea like this character feels like the what that character in Parks and Rec puts on to make people feel uncomfortable. One of my all-time favorite uh, Parks and Rec lines is that guy going, if there's two things I know about white people, one, they love Rachel Ray, and two, <laughs> they are terrified of curses. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, that guy, that's, that, that that's guy kind was of so goddamn funny on that. He's and very, the, the very funny. That they would, there's one also where somebody says something, and he goes, well, I don't think this is offensive. And he just he just appears in the room going, do you, white man? <laughs> <laughs> that guy really uh, knows how to freak out white people. Um, but yeah, this, this scene. So wh- do you guys know why wind started blowing at his hair and a red light started glowing? It's it's this is 80s nonsense with just like all native american people are magic okay okay that's yeah that's what i was assuming it's 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 this movie is pretty offensive let's be honest i mean really it doesn't age well at all because it is just going oh yes other cultures are weird is basically the whole (laughs) thesis of this Mm. movie Man, people have I mean that's kind of the origin beliefs. of these types of stories, it, right? I mean it, 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 there's no stories. question. There's a there's a a, a, a colonialism to the mm-hmm. whole adventure story, right? I mean cuz you go back mm-hmm. far enough and you have people going exploring the dark continent and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean you go back and mm-hmm. oh, Jesus Christ, you go back and read old Tarzan novels and stuff and you're like, "Good lord." Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah, no, there is definitely that aspect of it, and there are ways to do it. Like we're talking about, there are ones that can do it. I think a lot of it is the respect 
you pay towards it. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, Indiana Jones, I people have raised issues with it, but I think do, at least attempts to do it. This is just like magic Native American. Because he's the yes. one that tells them about the Firewalker. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And he gives them the bag of magic powder that will save them at the end. I don't remember the bag of magic powder. Yeah. He gives it to the girl. And then she uses it at the end of the movie to kill El Coyote or to help kill. And then she's like, "Oh, because that was the only way to kill El Coyote." Yeah, it it, we, it weakened the powers of the Firewalker. Although what I don't understand is, didn't he not get the powers of the Firewalker by not sacrificing her anyway? But she 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 holds at the end of the movie. She holds up the little bag and goes, "Thanks, Tall Eagle." Right. So she does that when after they or we're jumping to the very end of the movie but she does that after the other two have left so i assumed she and tall eagle were in on something separate uh if that makes any sense like like they had an understanding no it's just, i don't know it's why just that he gave because chuck shoots the guy and he doesn't die but then she yeah. stabs him and he does but it's because she had the magic powder that weakened him this but she t- pours it on him after got stabbed and put on the yeah because like, he'll stay he'll stay dead because remember then he explodes after that happens right yes because okay. he cool because okay. he died before I, I don't think it's that he's invulnerable he did fall down dead from being shot but then he came back so i think the idea mm. is he would have gotten back up is then the magic powder i guess destroys him yeah or finishes the killing blow or something so i don't know now, it, now once again like... the mysticism in this movie is so shoddy and ill-defined you know what this reminds me of mm-hmm. uh the quick and the dead the character who keeps getting back up oh yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. it does have, a little bit of that too because i think have... that character's native american as well yeah but obviously that's that's meant to be funny this is just like i i don't i don't know i don't know what it is yeah like i said yeah. this is what i'm saying like if you're gonna do magic in one of these movies you kind of got to go all in or leave it out you kind of yes. can't, yeah. you know, like, once again, if Raiders had been kind of ill-defined about what the arc did, uh, that would be a much worse movie. Mm. But it's like, oh, no, it's melting not sure. faces, you know? Great. Uh, I also want to mention, because um, we, we kind of skipped over my favorite line in the movie, oh, 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 uh, which is that? a Chuck Norris line. <laughs> uh, which one was that? So when they're driving up to this cave, yeah, it's story time, and he's telling. Oh right, I did have that written down. They're he's riding horses. They're riding donkeys, actually, specifically. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he's talking about uh, being in the Himalayas, and he's like, "But there are no bears in the Himalayas, so it must have been Bigfoot," as if Bigfoot <laughs> is real in this world. <laughs> Which is very funny. And actually, if that is the case, why didn't we get that movie? We want to see Chuck Norris versus Bigfoot. We've already seen Chuck Norris defeat... I would love to see that. Look, we've already seen Chuck Norris defeat Satan on this show. So, um, Mm -hmm. in another canon film, which was... I mean, this this may be good, but I don't think this gets anywhere near the glory that is Hellbound. I think they're... I think they're... I had a lot of fun with this, too. So, they're very they're in the same sort of vein i i think i think i think that's true if you enjoyed hellbound you'll probably enjoy this movie um but yeah i could this movie is certainly a lot more offensive than hell but which uh, which wasn't 
free of offense but yeah definitely uh mm -hmm. <laughs> well that was where it's like we we're gonna save money by shooting in our hometown of tel aviv or whatever you know Yes. If, as long yeah. as we stay and actually having learned more about them i will say at a certain point there were tax troubles that made them want to stay in israel that i think was the case during the shooting of that movie it was kind of like if we yeah. go back to the u.s they'll arrest us sort of thing uh mm -hmm. <laughs> then we'll never have to testify if we just film movies here uh <laughs> yeah i have gives them protective dust is what i wrote down here okay uh, and this is also where this is where it's 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 in this meeting that they pinpoint they need to go to San Miguel on a map. Not entirely sure how they get there, but that's where they'll find the treasure. But in the yeah. meantime, Chuck Norris yeah. meets this, and I'm sorry, she must have a name. I but the only term I have for her is native girl, which is awful. But this yeah. woman who he meets. And is so clearly manipulating him and giving him drinks. Oh, God, it's even worse. She's credited as, he in, he said, she's credited as oh, Indian she girl in the in the actual cast. Oh, boy. So, yikes. Oh, um, boy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but he does say, I never turned down a good potion, which did make me laugh uh, out loud um, because it's so stupid. It's so stupid <laughs> because, number one, it's terrible so policy. Um, she, right? She, because of course she fucking drugs him. Wait. <laughs> so takes a sip of it and says heady stuff, yeah. and then just like passes the fuck out. Well, there is this running thing throughout the movie that even like in the middle of fights he'll swig a beer, and, uh, and we're supposed to just yes. be like, oh, what a rascal. Uh, what a rascal which once again you talk about just borrowing things that is just like borrowing you know uh marion drinking from the the wine uh kate's crates that have been shot in raiders it's all just doing mm -hmm. bits that are in other stuff mm -hmm. it's all like well that worked mm -hmm. over there i mean we know Indiana Jones is this iconic franchise, but I think we got to keep in mind that much like the way we talk about like John Wick influences everything now, that's what Indiana Jones mm. was in the 80s. Everybody was trying yeah. to make that movie again. There are tons yes. of these. Yes. In fact, I've actually thought about we could do a whole month of just Indiana Jones knockoffs probably on here, listen, because there yeah, are that'd be so great. many of these high adventure films that came out in the 1980s. Mm -hmm. Because some worked, like Romance in the Stone goes, oh, we'll take Indiana Jones, we'll make it a romantic comedy. Well, that really worked. But also, mm -hmm. that was because they put a different spin on it. It was also directed by Robert Zemeckis, which helped a lot. Um, but it's just interesting to see this is firmly in that. I do really want to do High Road to China, which is Tom Selleck's one of these. Because mm -hmm. Tom Selleck was going to be Indiana Jones. And then couldn't because he really? he, oh, right. they, yeah. he was straight up cast as Indiana Jones. And then NBC picked up Magnum P.I. and he had to do that, um, which, of course, was hugely successful for him. But still, but High Road to China is totally him going like, OK, I didn't get Indiana Jones, so I'm going to make my Indiana Jones type movie. And it's OK, mm -hmm. like, you know, it's but it's much cheaper and. But it's clearly him going, let me make up for this by making my own Indiana Jones. And I do mm -hmm. want to do that movie on here at some point. We're going to do some sell it. We're going to do a sell oh, movie should. coming up pretty soon, actually. Uh, so, yeah. Because mm -hmm. I, I, we love the guy. He, some of his movie choices, though. Uh, anyway. 
Uh, <laughs> Quigley Down Under is awesome, though. Re- highly recommend Quigley Down Under. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so Chuck is passed out, and she steals the knife, and she's going to kill him with it. And then this is the weirdest scene in the movie, is her about to stab <laughs> him, cross-cutting between Melody Anderson, this woman with the knife, and then Tall Eagle chanting. Mm-hmm. And I, yes. I well, wasn't don't. Uh, El Coyote was also. Oh, El, that's too, it. Right? El Coyote is with also the, with the snake over the fire. Very, yeah. right. very, very just, very, just great. Yeah, just, just great. But all it's, it's. I was confused here. I was like, who's doing what? I don't know. I don't even know what. I, yeah, that's the thing where I'm going. I they don't even know what I'm like meant a to think of. Native American wizard duel. Which, by the way, once again, on board. If that was the whole movie, yeah, <laughs> that would be a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> Just a battle of Native American <laughs> mystics using crazy magic against each other. I'm here for that. Uh, but yeah, but it comes yeah. to so it just comes to nothing, basically. Yeah. What ends up happening is yes. Melody Anderson will come in to save Chuck Norris from being stabbed while he's unconscious, and then, but then of course she can't fully defeat this woman in a fight. So Lou Gossett Jr. She has is to she is her. a woman. Yeah. So, you yeah. Know. Lou Gossett Jr. has to save her then. Yes. Uh, and so uh, that that happens, and then. The movie's just like, all right, now we're on a plane to San Miguel. Well, before that, though, do they reveal that this woman was actually a, a python? Because later, she I think that's missing a, from. I think that's a read. <laughs> okay, yeah, because there was, was a python in there. Yeah, I wasn't sure if she was the python. I think the python that's was what they're. Her. Yeah, but I don't know if she started off as a python or turned into a python to evade capture. I don't know. Does she come? <laughs> does it matter? She yeah. does. She doesn't. She does come... not come back in the movie, so it doesn't matter. So that makes it even weirder. That's kind of the whole thing with this movie, where it's like the movie. I mean, I, it's sort of, it. Roger Ebert's right about it just being. And, and what reels to show it in. It almost doesn't matter what order you watch these scenes in and how they're connected to each other is yeah, kind of really. up to you. It's sort of a choose-your-own-adventure movie. Yeah. Uh, you can kind of do whatever you yeah. want. It's like, yeah. if you want that lady to have been a python that turned into a lady or a lady that turned into a python, uh, either one could work. <laughs> See, if, if they had, like... Like she shed the human skin and a snake came out or something. Hey, that's that would have been disgusting. That would have been cool, but I'd also uh, that is what I would have done. It would have cost some money for Canon, and they don't want to spend. Yeah, that. that's true. So instead, yeah. they're just gonna. I think that is sort of the thing. It's like we're gonna do vague mysticism because we don't want to pay for special effects. So or if they just yes. left like her clothes in a pile on the floor, and then the oh, snake was up. There you mm. now. There's a cheap way to do it that they could have. Been. Been. Yeah, because it is kind of like. You see the python, then you go like, oh, wait, did she turn into that snake? Okay, okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right, movie. Once again, it's all just like vague mysticism in the movie. It's kind of whatever. 
Yeah. Because then we get this whole... And they change scenes before there's time to really think about it, you know? And so then we're on the plane to San Miguel, and Chuck is passed out still on the plane. And the whole bit will be here that one of the engines goes out, and they have this real sort of emergency landing. And then Chuck will wake up and go, Eh, great flight, huh? Now, I'm sure that just made you bust a gut, Lesman. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I was confused as to why the man had a parachute. (laughs) If, if it was the, landing, the, the like joke, one of the, the joke seems, people who yeah. worked on the plane, the joke seems to had a the, parachute. The whole joke is, hey, don't mm. worry, man, and then he's got a parachute. But then, yeah, they almost immediately land. Right. So, so I don't why understand why did he have it on? Unless he jumped out and they didn't show it because they couldn't afford to. Uh, I didn't follow this either. But, I also don't know why any of this even mattered. It doesn't. It's so unnecessary. <laughs> it's just the whole thing is just to do this bit that aha Chuck didn't know the plane almost crashed kind of. Yeah. I, I mean this is yeah. they're literally yeah. doing A team bits here with him unconscious on a plane. Yes. Let's just keep <laughs> That's, let's just that's keep, true. I didn't think about that. Let's just keep borrowing from better stuff is the uh, canon attitude, I think. Mm. Uh, so they land in San Miguel. I didn't understand. So they go out to this bar where they have to punch out the two guys in front of the place. What was, what was that? They were, they were like the bouncers of bar, uh, I guess. And they weren't letting him in because a bunch of white people coming in. Well, I will say this, basically Uh, from here on out, they are the ugliest Americans just barreling their way through Mexico. And it is yes. like, hey, you can't come in here. So they just openly assault these guys and go, we're coming in. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, and then they just start like f- like flashing around American money. Like, we will give you money. Uh, it's like, oh, boy. And Chuck and doesn't right. speak Spanish, which is a whole thing where guys are insulting him. He's going, what did he say to me? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. And this is oh, where we meet. Oh, right. That's this scene. Because this mm-hmm. is where... The person who takes their money is the one other white guy here, which is Ian Abercrombie, uh, who plays. Well, we can't give a brown person lines, John. Like that's not a. And I like. It's 1986. It's not in English. Ian Abercrombie uh, is a great character actor. He played Mister Pitt on Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our Star Wars fans will know he was the voice of uh, Palpatine on the Clone Wars. Um, Oh. uh, He's in Army of Darkness. He's in the Adams Family movies. In a million things. Uh, mm. Legendary character actor. Completely underused in this movie. Well, yeah. He has nothing to do, but he's he's just like a... He's just this drunken British guy in Mexico going, I have a hundred dollars worth of info. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what is it he tells Again, it, it doesn't want you to think about who he is, what he's doing here, yeah. why he has the very specific information they need. This is also the scene in the bar where she tells uh, she tells Chuck about her visions. And it's supposed to be flirty at the same time, too. Because Lou Gossett Jr. goes to get beers or something, and they're at the table. Apparently. And she's yeah. like, yeah, I just I have these visions, and I need this treasure to be real so I'm not crazy. And Chuck's like, yeah, that's that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Chuck, great. Chuck's Chuck's giving you nothing. Um, 
but uh nope. but yeah it's it's at the bar here where it he tells them the the jungle they need to go through is very deadly and lots of people die but i know a place where you can get a guide who can get you through there that's the info they get from ian abercrombie and then but yes because but then it's just like the, this is this is the canon attitude we're talking about it's like there's your kernel of story before chuck turns around and mm. a fight is about to start because yeah we get like this. a fight between chuck and half the bar well because initially it starts with lou gossett jr tries to fight the guy right and he just gets thrown about and thrown behind mm-hmm. the bar and then it's roundhouse oh, right, kick yeah. after roundhouse kick i will say yeah. this <laughs> on paper it doesn't seem like a movie with a lot of martial arts they let chuck do his thing though they sure do yeah uh, and this movie is also... he just assaulting a bunch of <laughs> Mexican natives? Yeah, I suppose. Because uh, this all this movie also loves a slow motion kick. Sure mm-hmm. does. Oh yeah. If yeah, Chuck can a do a sweep sweeping kick at the camera in slow motion, they're like money well spent. And I will say, some of the fight choreography is. Pretty, I mean, you know, it is Chuck, so yeah. obviously, but it. Pretty good. We're talking about uh, pretty world, well put together. World karate honestly. champion Chuck Norris. Yeah, I mean, he he looks good. Those are the parts of the movie where I'm like, if anything, more kicking still could have been used. Because it's about here. This is like 45 minutes of the movie. I looked at this. When Chuck starts kicking people, I go, here's what people paid for. You know, people want Chuck to kick folks. They love it. I mean, of course. <laughs> uh so yeah he beats up everyone in this bar basically oh he he gets really upset because they grab the blonde woman Mm -hmm. yeah chuck the whole thing in this is chuck is kind of refusing to fight until they he lets them rough up lou actually for a little bit but it's as soon as somebody puts their hands on Mm -hmm. melody anderson that he's like that's it it's roundhouse time. Well, he, well, he, he's getting, uh, Lou Gossett Jr. is getting choked out and then he does do something about it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't really go full Chuck roundhouse mode until Melody gets, mm-hmm. uh, uh, grabbed, I guess. I yeah. don't know. And so, so he beats up everybody here and then we immediately see Ian Abercrombie sell out Chuck and everybody to El Coyote, who then, of course, just murders yeah. him rather than pay him. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and I will sense. say, he's he's reading a copy of Marvel Comics Cyforce, uh, which is a very... <laughs> I thought was funny. A very bizarre comic, uh, like a very obscure... Uh-huh. I mean, not super obscure, but it would have been at this time, and this was also at a time when Canon was looking to do business with marvel because mm. I, I i don't know if we've mm. talked about it in here but canon got very close to making a spider-man movie oh, if only very close if, uh if had, only. had masters of the universe not cost them a ton of money Been a huge bomb the plan yeah. was to go right from in fact they were going to use some of the same sets from masters of the universe for their spider-man <laughs> canon reuse sets all the time <laughs> they, well because that movie wow. Yeah, that movie, well, because their their massive universe movie takes place primarily on Earth, of course, to save money. But they, yeah. like, built mm-hmm. high school sets for the teenage characters that were then going to be Peter Parker's high school. They were they mm. were so close to making Spider-Man. 
Um, oh. That would have been crazy. Instead, yeah, they 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 went bankrupt. Uh, but that <laughs> they they they. I mean, in some ways, they were ahead of the curve. They saw the potential in comic book movies. Now, I don't think they would have mm-hmm. made very good ones. Uh, we no. will we will eventually watch. We're gonna do a Marvel month at some point. Uh, on, on the show, and we will watch the canon Captain America movie, which is god awful. <laughs> it is, oh boy. it is, yeah, it is oh, no. terrible. Uh, I could only yeah, so yeah, <laughs> Captain America with no money, uh, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so they, uh, they're, they're okay. So now that people are looking for them, it's uh, it's it's time for they thought this was fucking hilarious them in priest and nun outfits right oh boy i was like why are they in costumes Mm -hmm. i don't understand they they were just like it's chuck and he's dressed as a priest (laughs) i i i I don't know it's so they they can have some weird weird flirtation on the train it's well, you bring me to. I did write down four things I actually considered one-liners. All of them are pretty oh, weak, boy. but the first one comes from Melody Anderson here, and uh, he, she says, uh, "If you're trying to make a pass, we're not dressed for it." Right. Yeah. Because priest and nun outfit. Yeah. It almost, but I the mean... flirting almost seems like Chuck goes, "Well, until I saw you in that nun's habit, I wasn't interested." But now. Now. But now, yeah, something. Hey, you know, it's it's a king, you know. Yeah, but then you better people who are into that. Sure, but you better believe that, of course, there has to be a scene where they want them to give last rights to a guy, right? Oh my God, John, this scene <laughs> is crazy. This so scene, crazy. This this <laughs> this scene is, cr- and this was clearly meant to be like the big comedy scene. Oh my God, because it is supposed to be this... like. Because they, they they're like quick fathers, you have to come. This man is dying, and they we want you to to give him last rites and say a prayer or whatever. And then it's just Chuck and Lou going. Well, I don't I don't know what to do. Do you know what to do? What do you should you do? I don't know. Just just say shit. Yeah. You know? And I mean it it, it they is. They don't one, know Latin. It is once again like these fucking crazy people in their religion. I don't know. Just say some gobbledygook, man, and make them happy. Yeah. <laughs> It is. I was watching this going, I can't believe this is in this movie. It was, yeah, I was shocked that the scene was here. Yeah. Well, so what? The guy got shot because he didn't have his papers? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because soldiers board the train. Because I guess wherever we are is under some kind of dictatorship or something. I take it. Some sort of totalitarian rule because their soldiers board the train. And they're asking for papers, and they shoot a guy who doesn't have them. Mm-hmm. And the bit we think they're in trouble because oh, they want to talk to them now, and they don't have papers. But really, it's mm-hmm. we sh- we shot this guy, and now this scene is so weird. Uh, yes. And then yeah, it's then then it's revealed that the guy did have papers, and that the wound was gr- like glance like a glancing blow. Yeah. Uh, I guess. For some it's like, not only, yeah, not only was he both pay, fine legally, he was fine medically, and it was a miracle. Hooray! Yeah. And then they just get off the train and they're back on their mission. Yeah, 
Well, but they, they get cut to the, they get cut to it from the movie, please. Yeah. Yeah. This scene, yes. you talk yeah, about where, could, where another where scene I'm, that could be cut. Where I'm saying you could get 15 minutes out of this thing. This scene is for sure something you could lose. Good yes. lord, it adds nothing, and it is painfully um, unfunny. It's nothing yes. to the plot. It adds nothing to the characterization. Yeah, it is just a dumb skit in the middle of this movie that serves <laughs> no purpose. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then they roll up on this town that's already been destroyed, and uh oh, now the soldiers are after them. So we got to go chase into the. Uh, what, what, I mean, they're not in a jungle; they're in like a field, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and Chuck's doing more kicking. Uh, uh-huh. And then we get a scene where we have this one drunken soldier. You can tell he's a drunken soldier because he's holding a bottle of something and a gun. <laughs> and he's just kind of milling about going. It Rrr. says hooch on the bottle. It, you know, and there's no, two it X's. Might, it might as well be a jug with two X's on it. Exactly. Yeah. It might as well be. And he is just like. And she goes, wait, I'm not really a nun. See? And she takes off her habit. And she's like, see, I'm fine. He's like, what? And then he drops his gun and she picks it up and points it at him. And once again, because he drops his pants. I don't, I don't fully understand this, like the progression of events in this scene. It's very strange. It is Uh, very strange. Why he drops his gun. I'm not sure. She picks it up and makes him run away with his pants down. I guess once again, hilarious. this, This is, I guess this is funny. Yeah, apparently. Uh, but then they do get captured by soldiers that immediately yes. take Melody Anderson. And I'm going, oh my yes. God, Cannon, don't. Please don't. Do, do not. Yeah. <laughs> do not sexually assault this woman. Cannon loves a rape scene. Now, this is a PG movie. I didn't expect it, but I'm like, are we going to imply it? Or they're yeah, going to save her from almost being raped? But it does lead to our like, second one-liner, which is a reverse one-liner. Because it's Chuck turning to Lou and saying, all right, now let's keep our heads. Cut to them about to be decapitated. Yes. Now that's a yes. reverse of our normal something happens and there's a comment on it. This is a setup mm-hmm. liner. Pretty rare. Pretty rare. And so, yeah, these guys are going to behead them. Mm-hmm. And they chop some melons first just mm-hmm. to demonstrate uh, the effectiveness of this very dull prop sword that they're holding <laughs> that's probably just talking about being i'm sure a lot of this movie is reused from king solomon's mines we made oh, yeah. another adventure movie just ship that stuff to mexico now oh uh, yeah definitely <laughs> i mean they said canon loved to reuse a set loved to reuse props costumes constantly and if i had if i had free time which mm-hmm. i don't unfortunately but if i did yeah one thing i would love to do is track the progression of certain props oh, sure. from one canon film to the next. Uh, there, there's you know no doubt I mean? in my mind you could. Yeah, Especially things that, like weapons. That actually is, if that existed already, I would be incredibly interested in looking I at bet, that. I bet somebody, somebody has to have, right? But then, yeah, yeah. oh no, this is all a bit because it's Chuck's old pal. And if you made an adventure movie in the 80s, you had to put... <laughs> John Reese Davies in it. You Yay. had to. He's of course oh. in Raiders of the Lost Ark. He was also just in King Solomon's Mines for them as well. He just sure is was. adventure movie side character. And I will say one of oh. the problems is movie not enough of him. 
Because when he comes in, you're like, oh, thank God. He should have been the villain of this movie. He right? should have. He should have. Yeah. Because he's he's great as he's fully great in psychotic. And he's Secret I mean double cross villain or something. Yeah. 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 But his character's name is Corky, which is super weird. Yeah. Right? Corky Taylor. Yeah. Is his name. Uh, and he's doing and a Maggie, southern Maggie accent. Maggie kept saying, Maggie kept saying, "Oh, he's playing Quirky Taylor." I'm like, "He's playing a side character who's just labeled Quirky Taylor." <laughs> and she's like, "No, no, you don't understand. Quirky. Yeah, that's his name." I'm like, "That's what is that? What is that name? I... <laughs> Not a name. What is the what is the origin of this name? I don't understand." Yeah, I don't understand either. And he's a guy who. He he has uh, and this this really served him well for a long time. He's he's a I, I think he's a white guy, but he always kind of oh, yeah. read as foreign. So he mm. played a lot of foreign guys. Here he's playing a southern guy who has basically yeah. become a warlord in Mexico. Yes, he fully <laughs> yeah. admits to it. Yeah. Yes, and he's like he's like well, and once again, it's just him going like, "Hey man, these guys will do anything for you." Like basically, if you take care of them right or whatever, as long as you, isn't it basically like as long as you have the right attitude and stuff like that? I guess they'll I follow know. me wherever. So then they're having this big like banquet dinner in his camp, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. and I, I, this was about the time I kind of checked out of the movie for a little, even though I love John Reese Davies, but I'm going like, I think we're off the path of the treasure hunt at this point. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is why he should have been the main villain. Otherwise, why is he in this movie? Right. Like, he it, should he should want the treasure. Yes. No. Because because somewhere in the movie you need to meet someone else from Chuck's past. I, that, yeah, I don't. Or or he needs to aid them more. He either needs to betray them or aid them in a bigger way. I mean, so what you're saying is he needs to have some sort of impact on the progression of the plot. Yeah, because he's basically saying. just here for this these couple scenes, and then he's going to give them one of my favorite vehicles, which is a camouflage VW Bug, which somehow can drive through the jungle. I don't. Yeah, I don't know how I, that is possible, but until yes. it can't. Well, until yeah, until, until they sink it in a swamp, a river, a stream. I don't know. Then this is the weirdest part. I think I've three times now said this is the weirdest part of the movie, but this part is <laughs> is not good. Uh, the, we have uh, Chuck and Melody Anderson getting cozy by the fire, supposedly having sexual tension, uh, alleged tension. Theoretically. Uh, yeah, yeah, in theory. Uh, and, and Lou Gossett Jr. wanders off and then disappears, and it's briefly implied he might have been eaten by a crocodile. I... <laughs> I was so ready to riot at this point. I'm like, any enjoyment I've had in this film will be thrown in the garbage if Lou Gossett Jr. dies off camera from a from a like it. It wouldn't make any sense that it would. No, I didn't. I this didn't think. Yeah, but this movie's bad enough to where they might make that baffling decision. You know but what so I mean? So the crocodile had come up before, right? Mm -hmm. Because she had wanted to go swimming, and they threw a rock, and they're like, "No, this is why." And here comes this crocodile, and we see him walk off over like near the riverbank where the croc might be. Yeah, and right. then they hear some rustling, and they're like, "Oh no!" And they're like, "Oh my god, the crocodile!" God, <laughs> what? 
<laughs> and then it's like, well, we'll have to trudge on without him then. No, Chuck wanted to absolutely give up. He does want to give up. It is her that convinces him. Chuck is like, well, my best friend's been eaten by a crocodile. I'd say that does it for this mission. And she's basically uh, like, she's basically like, I'm going on with or without you. And if he was here, wouldn't he want you to have done this so that he didn't die for nothing kind of thing? I guess, yeah. I, I guess. I don't know. So they do trudge on. And yes, this they... Is this is the biggest uh uh this part of the movie is maybe the worst part of the movie because they lose any amount of like on-screen charisma by uh taking Lugasa jr out of this part of the film yep uh, agreed instead they they end up sinking their car into the swamp and having to swim across mm-hmm. and is it implied chuck doesn't know how to swim yes yes it is implied yeah. that he does not know how to swim. I did think, though, it's like, good lord, this swamp is that deep that the whole car went... Maybe, but how deep yeah. could this thing be? It's not very big. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, anyway, yeah, so we get some, I guess, physical comedy from Chuck trying to doggy paddle out of here. Mm-hmm. Eek. Anyway, Eek. though, yeah. they just happen to find the temple. That they need to get. <laughs> they just randomly stumble across it. There it is. This is the only the only obstacle to the temple was this swamp. This this small pond. Yeah. That's what you get from canon. It's what we can afford. That should be that should be the canon. You'll get what we can afford. Should have been their, their slogan. Uh, it's like a Conan's fake slogan for Olive Garden. Mm-hmm. Olive Garden, pretty good for the money. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a mama used to make. He, he, was, he would get so mad at those commercials. Oh, it's like I'm back in the homeland. Yeah, no, I, don't, I don't know about that. I think so. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they, they find the temple. And, oh, my God, when they oh. enter the temple this statue comes at them and chuck just starts shooting it i laughed really yes. hard at this yes this is very funny it's clearly on some kind of mechanism and it's just rolling at them and he's like ah! mm-hmm. yeah but don't think about what mechanism that might be because oh, no 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 yeah that, that's yeah, not important that- no, no, that's no. not that doesn't matter because well, it slides back in place trapping <laughs> them in there it by does what I don't know. Because don't when know they the, when the statue moves, it opens up a door into mm-hmm. a room where Lou Gossett Jr. is hanging by his wrists over water of some kind. This this was unclear because Maggie and I were confused as to why he didn't want to go in the water. It looked like a hot tub or a hot spring That's, was under I think, him. And then later when they're, there's a scene where they're crossing like rocks and they don't want to fall in the water. And it seems, again, it's not that the water's deep. It seems to imply that the water is hot. Yes. I think that's what they were going for. But, it's but like, it didn't really. It does. I mean, read it vaguely reads as that visually, but you're like, that's weird. Why? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and nobody says it either. There's no nope. once again. There's no Bond villain going like, "If you were to fall into this magma or whatever, you know." There's nothing mm-hmm. like that. It's just like, "Oh, don't fall," because yes, El Coyote is here, and 
this is like an old temple, right? But he's using all these traps. So he knows how the temple functions? He didn't build this place. Well, I suppose not. Did he Otherwise, install the traps? <laughs> how would he... Hmm. Is he part of this ancient society that lives in these temples, maybe? I mean, he knows about the Firewalker, so he must he knows be familiar with the temple. It's just I the, guess. the way he, the way he like traps them in this room, and then he's running around and seems to know how mm-hmm. everything in here works. It's just it's just weird to me that this is like, aha! I know everything about the mechanisms of this place. You know, like, I just don't understand uh, why this character was in the movie. El Coyote, yeah, yeah. It did feel yeah, like they're just like we just need a bad guy, you know. Put, put make John Reese Davies the villain then. Like yeah. he's also going for the treasure. Well, yeah. We, we, uh, it, it, once again, going back, if you are just going to rip off Indiana Jones, yeah, give him a Belloc, right? Like a guy who's yeah. also a treasure hunter and is trying to yeah. kill them, or. Keep the Chinese guy from the start of the movie. Make him your main villain instead of this weird. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so he. <laughs> this this is some not exciting action. What's about to happen? Because he grabs. Climbing. He grab the El Coyote grabs Melody Anderson. He's like, yeah, I'm going to sacrifice her because we kind of late in the game. Find out you have to sacrifice someone to get the powers of the Firewalker. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. yeah, I'm going to take her and sacrifice her in the other room. And I'll leave okay, you trapped in this room. And Chuck's plan is, I'm going to also jump onto the rope that <laughs> uh, Lou Gossett Jr. is attached to. And then they're going to mm-hmm. together swing across to a ledge. So what was stopping Lou Gossett Jr. from swinging? Why I did have, Chuck have to be on there? I don't know. I guess the idea is with the weight of the two of them, they have more momentum or something. I guess. I mean, he I should know. still be able to get a swing going. I think it was yeah. more before if he tried to escape, El Coyote would just like cut the rope and send I, him to his doom. I guess maybe that's the thing. But, isn't it? Yeah. Was it? And also I guess implied Chuck, that Chuck the room has... was going to fill with hot water. Yes, that was it. Yeah. He, he, they okay. said they said it seems like his plan is to drown us. Yes. Okay. That was but a then, little unclear. Wait a so minute. Is, is the threat that the water's hot, or is it just that there's lots of water, so they'll drown? Unclear. I'm or both. They'll be burned uh, as they're drowning. I guess. You I can say how whatever. To, how to put your stakes on stakes. They this. Yeah. Th- I thought this went on way too long though. There's so much of these two swinging. <laughs> yeah, and then they get to a ledge and then do some uncharted climbing. Oh, uh, I, that's an insult, to uncharted list one. Uh, but yes, it is. <laughs> it conceivably they are shuffling along a rock wall. Mm-hmm. A very clearly like designed handholds that they yeah. can you know. Like very much a rock wall you would see at a ro- like climbing gym. Yeah, and know? none of it is very fast or exciting, or there's not much threat no. to it. It's all just kind of very matter of fact. Uh, yeah. So they find El Coyote, who's ab- of course about to. Uh, what is this? What is Do this? something. Is he gonna stab? Uh, oh, sorry. I missed. I missed the sure. moment earlier. It was before he trapped them in the temple, when Chuck pulls out the ceremonial dagger 
and hits us because he goes, soon I will have the spirit of the firewalker. And I got to say, one of the worst one-liners in any movie, he says, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna, i have the spirit of the firewalker. And Chuck reels back with a knife and says, spirit this. That doesn't even make any I, sense. It doesn't. I don't remember him saying that, <laughs> which does. is, he does. I think, a testament to how says, nothing it is. He says, spirit this. And he throws the knife and El Coyote just catches it. <laughs> I love that because so that's because he's gonna use that knife to stab Melody Anderson. Right, that's, that's right. what it is. Okay. That's where it is. Oh so God. they, they, yeah. Uh, and and I did think for a second because he's about to stab her, and Chuck just runs in and shoots him in the chest, and I thought. Oh my God! Is that the end of this villain? I was kind of <laughs> hoping it was just because, and then of course the joke being Chuck goes, "I can't believe I hit him." Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but it, I did for a half a second. I go, "Oh my God, that would be the best!" Is if that this this absolute nothing villain goes out so unceremoniously. <laughs> Chuck just shoots him in the chest and it's over. I wish. That I wish. Be, that would be something else. No, mm-hmm. instead they put the knife into a slot on the slab that she was lying on and the slab slides back to reveal a staircase down to, well, I'm sorry, an implied staircase. It really is just a hole in the ground. Uh, yes, that they walk towards and then there's a cut so you don't actually have to see that there's And no this staircase. is where they enter the room of gold. Ooh, shining, Ooh. shimmering gold. Yeah. And they just pack up the gold. Yeah, we get some bits where they're putting on crowns. Some of it. Yeah. They do they do some bits where they're like, check out this crown. Doesn't this go on me? <laughs> yeah, and they fill up like right? four bags of gold. Which, mm-hmm. if they were actually filled with gold, like gold is heavy. Gold is heavy. Mm. Yeah. Those bags mm-hmm. would be like cripplingly heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I did. I actually, I did have that thought. I go, they, before they filled up the bags even, I'm going, well, what are they going to do with this? They're out in the middle of nowhere. You'd have to bring in a crew or something to get this out of here. They don't have a vehicle at this point. That's true. Also, no, it- where do they take the gold after this? <laughs> this is this is them getting out of the desert all over again. And then gold isn't inherently a form of money. So now they got to so fence have- it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's I guess, yeah. I somebody's got to buy the gold from them. So, and maybe, the movie's well, just I mean, there's all sorts of contact. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's, there's they know no, a guy who yeah, it's buys just, random gold. But it's just like we have gold now. We're rich. Yeah. But then of course El Coyote is still alive because we have to have a final fight with him here. Boo. Are they the ones that started the whole cash for gold? <laughs> there it is. Could yeah. be. Yeah. Could be. Totally, it's an origin story. Totally not yeah. a scam. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they'll give you cash for gold. Is it what the gold is actually worth? Well, they take a pretty Probably decent not. cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. So, he's still alive. They fight him. It's finally, yeah, Melody Anderson stabs him in the back with the thing. But, of course, we can't have her get the triumphant finishing. Chuck has no. to do a flying kick into the guy's face. Now um, he's down. That kick is more effective than the gunshot or the knife yeah. wound. Well, but the then, of course, out. she'll sprinkle the magic dust on him and he'll burst into flames. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Thanks, Tall Horse. <laughs> tall Eagle. Tall Eagle. That's tall it. Horse. I like Tall. I, I like Tall Horse. I better. like Tall Horse. Yeah. Yeah. Tall Horse is pretty good. Oh, and Chuck. Chuck. Chuck gives one last one-liner because he does a flying kick into this guy's face, and he goes, "Not so tough." <laughs> I gotta say, Chuck. Oh. Chuck's one-liners are pretty lame. Pretty bad. They're pretty lame, and he's not. He doesn't deliver them well. Not so uh, tough. Quick question. You almost had this to lean in here. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Is a tall horse just a giraffe? Ooh. Well, <laughs> oh, I okay. Here, I, here, and here's my answer. A okay. giraffe is a tall horse, but not all mm. tall horses are giraffes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's square and rec- rectangle scenario. Yes, exactly. Because gotcha. I think also a tall horse could be, to me, that's I'm picturing a very long-legged horse. Not necessarily oh, one with an extended yeah, neck. Yeah, I'm yeah. Six, regular just horse. Clydesdale. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's Clydesdale a, is yeah. just a, a a tall horse. That's it exactly. That's a taller. But it's not a giraffe. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's still a horse that's just taller than the average horse. <laughs> okay, thank you for indulging me. I, I, it's a question that I needed answered. We look. We are here to answer questions on this show too. We're have we're having the tough conversations that need yeah. to be had. What constitutes a tall horse? America so wants a to know. A wide horse. <laughs> I think so. That's a wide horse. I think so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything is just some form of horse, basically. It's some form of horse. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Zebras, striped horses. You know, I mean, it's all it's mm-hmm. all in there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. yeah, all these just it, it is like. <laughs> And Ch- yeah, like what were you saying about Chuck's delivery of the one-liners? I you have to lean, like you said. I didn't hear him say that other ones, like because he does just kind of go, eh, "Not so tough." Uh, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. All right, and he's like, "Yeah, okay." He doesn't. Oh man, I, this is where how we, many takes do you think he did of that <laughs> of that one? Probably liner. more than he than you would think, and it was probably the son going. <laughs> That's the best we're gonna get out of it. I would love to see the dailies of that of not, him just saying it exactly the same every so time. Tough. And you're just like he's not getting any better. And Jay Lee Thompson used to used to work with Bronson, who is one of my favorite one-liner deliver. You know, he because he, yeah. he really makes a meal out of them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I don't even remember what's yeah what, the oh what's the it's the it's the one I love in de- in the. I think it's in the first Death Wish. Maybe it's in the second one where he says, you believe in Jesus, punk? And the guy goes, yes, I do, sir. He goes, you're going to be seeing him real soon. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. Uh, uh, there's yeah. no fun. Yeah. It's a- and so then it just cuts to them in this fancy, like, restaurant next to the ocean. And they're all like, hey, we did it. Yeah. And then, of course, you get the hilarious thing. They go, well, from now on, it's smooth sailing forever. No more trouble for us. And then what's mm-hmm. this? We pan to the bar, and there's the Chinese man from the beginning. Mm. I guess he's going to try to kill them again. I just assumed he got a new job, you know? <laughs> he's trying out a different Do you career. think he's just working the bar at this place? He's like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. What are the odds? I know, <laughs> I know those three. What are the odds? Yeah. And this was, I have no doubt in my mind, Canon was trying to set up a franchise here, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. They yeah. thought for sure this would be 
the first of so many. There's gonna be a million of these if, yeah. if, mm-hmm. if every, every, everything went right. Yeah. Yeah, this was not. gonna be a, a another Donnegan and Porter adventure. <laughs> uh, Always a different woman, though, for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. She's gone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> are you kidding me? Chuck has to awkwardly flirt with more women in these movies. Have yeah. we ever seen Chuck have chemistry with a woman in any of these things? I don't think. Uh, no. I've also seen many, many episodes of Walker Texas Ranger, <laughs> and, and it doesn't work there either. No, so. it never. Any time I do, there are several Walker episodes that are are romantic, and I just remember him just he can't sell like, I love you. You know, <laughs> you're so beautiful. Like you just like, nope, nope, you're not this guy, man steer out stop writing that shit for him he can't do it (laughs) that is the thing we like chuck but you kind of gotta know how to write for chuck we talked about that last week with a force of one where they brought in those writers to make it more of a chuck movie yeah and by that they gave i mean the movie was terrible but they did give all the dramatic heavy lifting to every other character in that movie and they're basically like just have chuck kick people and I actually do mm. think Chuck, Chuck was fine in that movie. He wasn't the problem. So there no, it is. the script is the problem. That's Firewalker from Canon Films. Yeah. Um, yeah, far from the worst, but still, I think, not as good as some of the other Chuck movies. It's not as good as Lone Wolf McQuaid mm. or Hellbound or Invasion USA. I see why this one was not as it's financially middling. successful. People did not take to this one as much as mm. the other chuck norris movies we should also mention this is the last chuck norris movie that his brother aaron norris was the stunt coordinator for because from here on out he'll be directing chuck's movies oh okay. mm-hmm. and i do think it's interesting that chuck immediately returns to his missing an action franchise after this like oh that didn't work <laughs> let me get back to the stuff people like where the the bread is buttered, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we will cover those. Uh, I have promised mm. we'll cover the Missing in Action trilogy at some point on here. Um, yes, because th- that is Chuck's Rambo knockoff series, and they're fun. In my memory, they're fun. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, Firewalk. That's Firewalker. Uh, yeah. We had some issues with this movie, but I want to bring us to a man who I don't think has any issues with this movie. Uh, hmm. not the one you're thinking of we'll get to him he did see it oh. too but this is from imdb you guys know it's always my mission to find the strangest imdb reviews and uh mm-hmm. this one <laughs> this one takes the this it's 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 on the longer side and it definitely takes the tone we see a lot on these so here it is <laughs> this comes to us from imdb user illegal alien 51 okay <laughs> Grab a beer, lay back, and enjoy this confused but very entertaining ride. Here I come, knight in shining armor to rescue you, Firewalker. I don't see why so many people gave it not only a low rating, but also negative reviews. On the other hand, maybe after reading this review, many people might think that I am an utterly hopeless person. But I doubt Mm -hmm. that I am, if I may say so myself. I virtually love this film. I even bought it on VHS, so there. Yeah. (laughs) That'll show him. (laughs) Yes, it is most certainly some kind of Indiana Jones story. But hey, how many of you out there who love the Indiana Jones movies do not think there are far too little such movies ever made? 
the true adventure stories in an undiscovered world. Next thing is that this movie is certainly not trying to be better than Indiana Jones, because it is quite clear it can never be. But what it does is open up its own realm so that it can coexist with whatever you want to compare it to. Anyway, mm. I think Norris's acting is pretty bad and clumsy. <laughs> he plays a frozen brick unless it's in the fighting scenes. Louie! Louie! I think... I've never heard anyone call Lou Gusset Jr. Louie. Uh, Louie, I think he gives the movie what it deserves. But what I just did is something you really shouldn't do with this movie. Look at each actor at a time. Because both actors form a greater whole than what they individually could create. They are a real okay. acting team in some way. Both are somewhat lost in the world. They don't seem to really belong in that adventure business. They should have rather stayed mm -hmm. at home and become park rangers of the smallest parks they could find. But what since... the fuck is happening, John? <laughs> but since they didn't, uh, all what they are, do, and represent turns into some kind of comical base for the movie. What oh. is comedy? Webster's Dictionary defines comedy. Well, as... he kind of goes, what is comedy? Mostly that you find something in a place where you wouldn't expect it. That is the case with these two dorks out here in the jungle. They don't even know how, how, to, fire, how to fire a pistol, but they do it anyway. This movie is, in a way, innocent and easygoing. It's not so much about having a mission and being unbeatable and hard as iron on your way to your goal. It is rather about not being sure how, but going there anyway without even really being prepared for it, so to speak. No, for God's sakes, don't take it seriously. Just turn off your sensors and let it fill your brain with all the nonsense. The very nice humorous scenes. The sometimes flat but charming dialogue. The playfulness. And the situations where the heroes are in trouble but where you know they're going to make it even though they are a bit stupid. But they manage anyway because they hang on and have a bit of luck, which they definitely need. This is a very easygoing, fun, and entertaining movie. Rip-off or not, it has its very own style, pace, and certainly a lot of charm. 10 out of 10 stars. Oh, wow. How? How did that keep going? <laughs> I, know, I don't know. That was... <laughs> that was... Yeah. That was absolutely... That was a wild ride, that one. That could have been summed up with... It's okay if you turn your brain off. Yeah. Like it's not I just, great, I but I think it's gave fun. The exact same amount of information that he did. Yep. Uh yeah. Uh okay. well I think but there is somebody else who saw this movie and we might want to check oh. in with him, our favorite uh Amazon.com reviewer. Yes, it's time for another segment of The Winning Opinion. Yes, Bruce Winning saw this movie, and uh here are his thoughts about it. His review is titled Sometimes it's fun to go on an adventure. <laughs> I like 169 video. I like action and violence. I like shooting. I like punching and kicking. Chuck Norris mm -hmm. is very good with the martial arts fighting. Five out of five stars. <laughs> See, this is the kind of review I'm looking for. I, Short. That, distinct, straight that to the last point. sentence is so it sounds like your grandfather talking he's very good with the martial arts fighting <laughs> <laughs> 
with the martial arts. <laughs> the things he does with the punching and the kicking. With very entertaining. I mean, that's kind of all of his shooting. reviews. That's kind of all of his yes. reviews, right? With the shooting yeah. and the punching and the kicking. And the kicking. Did, uh, did he mention? Sorry, did he mention the driving and the the action? He didn't mention he the driving, mention which is interesting because he does. I don't some, think he mentions driving that often in his reviews. He it's, will. He does occasionally mention chasing. He likes the chasing. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I, I, I'm assuming maybe it was because it's so early in the movie. Mm. His interest in that that chase scene that started off the movie just like it was just over like he's just over it by then. Well, there's I, guess, some, I don't yeah. know if we I know if we've read him on the show we probably have because we've read a lot of his reviews but and I've read all of his reviews because I have to comb through them for the show. <laughs> uh, he's a big car guy and will occasionally talk about liking car specific cars and huh. movies too. Um, Interesting. Well, like we said, this was meant to be or we think this was meant to be the starter for a franchise so. What say we bust out our handy dandy action movie title generator and come up with what would have been the sequel to this movie? Yes. So we go from Firewalker to I'm gonna hit the title generator here. Ooh, ooh, a little bit different adventure for them. I think they're gonna get aquatic on this one because this is uh, Chuck Norris, Lou Gossett Jr. in Thief of the Sea. So they're raiding Atlantis. Yes. yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And I think we know who the villain in this one actually is, right? John, John Reese Davies. Davies. Yeah. Corky this time comes Corky, back. Yeah. yeah. Corky this time comes back and he's now an adversary of theirs. Like they have, well, they it starts out they have to work together. Right. Okay. And you'll but betray then, them. But then at some point, he leaves them to die or something. Mm -hmm. Uh so that he can get a larger cut of you know whatever it is. Well, I think I think maybe they find that the uh, Atlantis was in the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. we got because that's, that's where Corky's army is. Correct? Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. so they and and it, they can and reuse some of the sets from this too. Then, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Some of the locations yeah. and sets are, are are yeah those those we can recycle. Uh, so yeah, so they end up they end up on a on a mission to Atlantis. Chuck, of course, falls in love with an Atlantean princess. Of course, yes. Because there are Atlantean uh -huh. people there that, of course, they summon, mm -hmm. right? Uh, it's, yes. It's a full thing. And it. I think it should end up being they go there to raid the treasure, but they end up choosing to protect Atlantis against yes. John Rhys Davies because they fall yes. for the people there. A real John... Uh... <laughs> James Cameron's Avatar, you know. A real you know? Avatar situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are they blue people? I think they have to be, right? Mm -hmm. I mean... They must be, right? Yeah. I, I mean, that's the They're Marvel Atlanteans. Comics view they of live Atlanteans. That's the Marvel... Sure, sure. It, it's so yeah, yeah. it's so weird that we're getting an, a, a Marvel Atlantis movie and then an Avatar two this this year. But uh, it's strange. It's very bizarre. And also, in terms of my enjoyment, not looking good for Mr. Cameron if Marvel's going to also offer me underwater adventure. But um, probably not. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway, now, are these? Yeah, are the Atlanteans worshiping some sort of Lovecraftian uh, tentacular monster? That could be cool because that could be what ends up eating John Rhys Davies. I think it should. Oh, yeah. 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 Because yeah. yeah. it, 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 they, you know, Chuck and Lou initially fight it, but then it comes to understand that it uh, is, th that they are protecting of the Atlantean people. So it sides with them mm -hmm. and eats John yes. Reese Davies. 
Oh, so it's it is just the Kraken. They worship the Kraken. Yeah, they worship the Kraken. Let's just go with that for yeah. simplicity's sake. I like that. Okay. Yeah, this sounds great. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh that's Thief of the Sea, which is Firewalker Two. Uh, mm-hmm. well, we're gonna change up things next week with a little bit more hard edge Chuck Norris movie. That's right. Oh, it's a gritty no. crime drama next week. Oh no. Chuck Norris is the hitman okay that's oh right that's right starring chuck at oh this is at peak mullet this thing is epic in this movie it's down his back this Jesus. is absolutely crazy oh crazy haired chuck uh and as always listen i will ask would you like to hear the tagline for the hitman oh yeah uh it, it is uh He's so far undercover, he may never get back. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking at this mullet right now. Oh, isn't it? Oof. It's something, man. Chuck's got oh, a shotgun wow. and a mullet on the poster. And uh, this, as we mentioned, uh, his brother and former stunt coordinator, now director on this, Aaron Norris. Uh, and, of course, it is from the good folks at Canon. And we yes. also get uh, Michael Parks back as our villain, who was the villain in Death Wish Five: The Face of Death. Oh, who I think I think we did enjoy, even if that movie was terrible. He was yeah hamming it up, and I'm sure he will be in this one as well. Because I will I, say I that the, so. one piece of trivia I'll reveal here is this was a movie originally developed for Charles Bronson, and then ended oh, up in Chuck Norris. So I think it'll be interesting to see. Norris in what was supposed to be a Bronson vehicle because Bronson did make harder edge stuff than him. So that's true. This yeah. does seem like a darker Chuck movie. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, who the hell? I'm just looking at the poster and there's a poll quote from some magazine that gave it three and a half stars and said, astonishing. Are you <laughs> Chuck Norris and the Hitman? <laughs> it's astonishing. Uh, I was astonished by that mullet. A yeah. new level of cinema has been reached. Uh, this anyway. is astonishingly bad. Yeah, yeah, they just took it out. Uh, so uh, anyway, that yeah, uh, three and a half stars out of ten, unfortunately, was the problem there. Um, Oof. No. Uh, <laughs> Tough break. So uh, yeah, that, that'll be next week on the show. Alex, as always, a pleasure to have you on, sir. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for... Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, and yeah. I know you already signed up for some more stuff down the line that I'm sure will be very interesting. I'm always curious what Hopefully you were drawn to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, but that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Action Shelf. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Isman. Until next week, get yourself some action. The Action Shelf. The action The action